Support Black Podcast. This is Karma. She is the Blurred Girl, a freelance commercial video and film editor by day, and a comic book reading, anime watching, TV live tweeting, K-pop listening, blog writing geek girl by night. She uses her blog and her podcast to shine a light on sequential art, comic books, graphic novels, and pop culture with a focus on characters of color primarily created by people of color. Join her on theblurredgirl.com. That's the T H E Blurred B L E R D Girl G U R L dot com. Theblurredgirl.com. Go there and support Black Podcast. I also bought two new microphone stands that can adjust up for height oh. so that you can put your mic can back put in my the mic microphone back in the and microphone you can stand. be hands-free again. Can be hands-free again. Just be careful with this little... That, you and, well, people need to know. I'm like Khrushchev. Jesus. Take my shoe off, bitches. Is that what he did? Remember, he hit his shoe on the desk. I don't know if he called people bitches or not. I'm pretty sure he didn't call but people But he was bitches. hit. Remember, he hit his shoe on the desk. I do not remember. Bruce Jeff was hitting his shoe. If you say so, man. Capitalist pigs, and he hit the desk. Whatever, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Communist Russia, shoe wears you. <laughs> In Russia, shoe wears you. You have to say communist Russia. They don't his, say in communist. No, but that was his whole thing. He said, in communist Russia, chocolate Sunday easy. I never understood how that was. You know what? We were watching an old episode of um, Sanford and Son, and, and it, it doesn't really matter what the details were. Mm-hmm. But he was in a room with somebody. And do you remember the little guy? And I don't know if he was supposed to be Hispanic or not. Remember, he would say, I did not. I didn't know that. Remember that guy? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That was his whole career. That doesn't remind. I don't. No, no. Remember the guy who would turn his head and say, yes. Oh, yes. I remember him. And that was his whole career. Yeah. That was his whole shtick. Yes. He would pop up on places and people would say, hey, barkeep, can I get a drink? And he turned around and go, yes. And you know how old he was? You know when he first got his start doing that? I do not. He got to start doing that character on the Jack Benny radio show. How was that his whole deal? Like, how was that that dude's whole deal? Because I'll tell you exactly why. When you get your start on the Jack Benny radio show back in that day, the heyday of radio. Right. Jack Benny's show was one of the more popular wildly successful and one of the more heralded shows so much so that it has been it still continues to be heralded for the uh for originality and for his writing and everything like that right sure so so much so that anyone and everyone that has ever been attached 
to the Jack Benny show. Got shine. Has that shine. Wow. So I did not know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. You don't remember that guy? You don't remember that guy? I don't I remember not, that. I, don't I didn't remember know that. that. I do not remember that guy. Yeah. I, I know. I know. Yes. Yes. I know that guy. That guy. For his entire career. Right. So Yakov Shmirnov, what was his name? Yakov Shmirnov. Yakov Shmirnov. That's not the yes guy. That's yeah, the Russian a, comedian. That was about saying communist Russia microphone talks to you. Like that was his whole deal, and I never understood. Nobody understood how that was a thing. Who cares? Like, do we hate the Russians that much? Well, I mean, they were our number one enemy. At yeah, the time. but I mean, that meant we had to take hackneyed comedy. We didn't have to take it, but we took it. White people did. No. <laughs> Well, yes, they did. White people did. <laughs> Not a lot of black Yakov Smirnoff fans. No, no. I think that's. A, I, th- I think yeah, I, he didn't play Harlem. You. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he saw the inside of the Apollo. Right, right, right. In communist Russia, you harass police. Well, that ain't true. That ain't that ain't. Real. I, I, I know, right? That ain't that damn sure ain't true. All right. I don't know how we got on that. We. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we. <laughs> All right, you ready? <laughs> We're recording. All right. I did not know that. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of The Show Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul. G-Town Radio, 8 to 10 p.m. Wednesday nights. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, taking a little break. We're going to do a little something special, but it is a review of a sort. It is. As we travel back in time to 2015, if I remember. Right, right. I think it came out officially in January of 2016, but we recorded it that December. Yes. Yeah. And this would be um, episode zero of the Michelle Mission. Episode zero of the Michelle Mission. Definition of a black film. We would was Vincent I's introduction to you, introducing you to the Michaud mission, exactly what our uh, mission statement was and everything that we had planned for our lovely show, including the breakdown of the, the definition of a black film. And we actually did a little foreshadowing of what our episode 100 was supposed to be i know <laughs> right and it seemed because I, I actually said something about 2018 we and when i said it. it it was like the far future like i thought <laughs> no. in the post-apocalyptic landscape of 2018 man struggles for existence meanwhile on the show mission <laughs> I just knew like I'd have an eye patch and some type of headband and I'd be riding like a an, an irritated dog that was the size of a horse. 
Whoa, I got I to gotta pause for a second. Irradated? Irradated. <laughs> Irradi- irradiated. <laughs> Maybe I meant irrigated. Like, like, like we'd water the dog. I flushed the dog out. Or somebody watered the dog with radioactive water, which made it grow large. And I would ride it like a horse. And we'd have an old man sitting around the campfire talking to the younglings about the far, far long ago. In the far, far long ago, we used to live in houses. And the sun would be in the house inside of something called light bulbs. And the children would say, Papa, that's a fairy tale. No, that's the way it was. In the year 2000. <laughs> But yeah, 2018, we were talking about it. I know. That's crazy. Um, but first, before we get But into, first, before. We have um, yeah, feedback, ladies and gentlemen, from each and every one of you that hits us up and, uh, you know, likes to play with us here on the Michelle Mission. Hits us up in, on, on Twitter, on Facebook, at our Facebook group, Michelle Mission. Uh, on Twitter... We heard, uh, let's see, we heard from, uh, I'll save that one. I'll save that one. <laughs> so a lot of emails. Oh, uh, Curvy Bounce, at Curvy Bounce, hit us up on All right. Twitter. Hey, Curvy Bounce. And says that congratulations on almost hitting 100 movie reviews, fellas. Bravo. Thank you. Vince. Next time you see Nas, send the invite. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Something you want to tell me? This? <laughs> the world is yours, Lynn. Mm-hmm. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying, man. Um, Karen Prescott. Asks us, have we watched Chameleon Street by Window B. Harris or Five on the Black Hand Side? Have we watched it for the, re- for the show? For the show? We've watched neither of those for the show, but I will tell you, Karen, that Five on the Black Hand Side is in my next 10. Yeah. Like I've sketched out like ones that I've wanted to pick, and like, like Five on the Black Hand Side is right there. Wow. So without even knowing that, I responded to her and said that I'm pretty sure Five on the Black Hand Side will likely come up this summer. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen it? Have you seen it? I'm pretty sure I have, but yeah, it, I, I like probably, I like Five on the Black I Hand Side a lot. Seen it since then. Yeah, like, I like Five on the Black Hand Side a lot. Chameleon Street, I'm not familiar with. Yeah, me either. Me okay. either. So we'll we'll learn about that. There you go. Together. There you go. I like that. I like doing things together. There you go. We're brothers. <laughs> I have no idea why I went there. Um, Tawana, not to be confused with my um, lady love, Twana, right, wrote us and said that the love boat theme will be playing in my head all day. <laughs> it's a good theme. It's because I sang the love boat. Oh, I actually sang that on um, Spock adjacent. On Spock adjacent. So I, 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 so I shouldn't have read that now. I apologize. But if you listen to Spock adjacent, ladies and gentlemen, you will have heard. That I sang the love boat. Yes, he did. It was lovely. It was a lovely time. Um, Welcome aboard. It's love. Don't get me started, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't give me a reason, bro. 
Do not give me a reason. All right. Rachel Rawlings asked, hey, Michelle Mission, guessing this is going to be a topic on the next podcast. And she sent us a, a tweet from Ava DuVernay. Okay. Ava DuVernay on the 3rd, which would have been Sunday. That sounds about Saturday. right. Saturday. Saturday. It would have been Saturday. Mm-hmm. Posted a picture from the New York Times, their weekend arts section. Talking about this is giving me my whole life. It is gorgeous, and it is a collage of different movie scenes um, featuring the works of, you know, uh, Julie Dash, Spike Lee, Reggie Hudlin, Warrington. Uh, uh, who else? Spike Lee, uh, Warrington Hudlin, um, and it's got like photos of films uh, such as Malcolm X. Um, Daughters of the Dust and Cotton Comes to Harlem. Somewhere they found room for Kid and Play of all the films of the Hudlins to, to grab. They grabbed that one. I don't know why. But uh, <laughs> so, picture our house party. But she talks about how this picture is giving her life. So that was, uh, that's pretty cool. Thank you for uh, shouting that out to us, which somehow got, led us to looking into it. New York Times did an article about 28 days, 28 films for Black History Month. Our chief film critics have chosen essential movies from the 20th century that convey the larger history of black Americans in cinema. This was from uh, A.O. Scott and Maniola Darges. Yes. Yes. Excuse me. I think one of our missionaries posted that article on the Facebook group as well. Yes. So I thought that so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's twenty eight films, twenty eight. Like I guess they're considering these like twenty eight essential essential films. It's a great list. They've got like uh, I'm just looking at all the films. They they do have Within Our Gates from 1920. Uh, the list runs in chronological order. Yeah, it does. They got Stormy Weather, mm-hmm. which is the anthology of great performances. There there you go. They've got. Um, the Jackie Robinson story. Starring Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And Eartha Kitt. Oh, that's right. That's I right. It was, was uh, Eartha Kitt. Who played themselves better? Did you ever see the Jackie Robinson story? I did. So who played themselves better? Jackie Robinson as Jackie Robinson or Muhammad Ali? Oh, come on. Stop. Muhammad Ali. Always. All day. Every day. Really? Yeah, because the problem is Jackie Robinson playing himself. If Jackie Robinson was actually playing himself, Jackie Robinson was as interesting as watching paint dry. The man. The man, if he was indeed playing himself. Okay. Like, I didn't know Jackie Robinson. Well, why do you think he was? But Jackie Robinson as Jackie Robinson in the Jackie Robinson story. It's not good. It's like watching paint dry. Okay, I hear you. Um, your boy Sidney Poitier shows up. Um, of course, his first film to show up, I guess, because it's chronological, from 1958, The Defiant Ones. Yes, I love The Defiant Ones. I like The Defiant Ones. Really, I do. I'm not. I mean, you know. Now here's a. Well, I like it. Well, yeah, I think. What the, the Defiant Ones is definitively about race. Yes, because for those that don't know, it's a, it's by Stanley Kramer, <laughs> and uh, it's a movie. It's about. Uh, Sidney Poitier and Tony Curtis, right, who play convicts who escape from a chain gang, but they are shackled together, and they basically have to go through the entire movie, yes, shackled together on the run from the law, right, right. So defiantly, as only defiant ones can. 
Now, the fact that they are a white guy and a black guy is baked into the movie. So yeah. it's definitely a movie that is about a commentary on race. Yes. To a degree. Would you, however, consider this a black movie? I don't know if I would be because I think I think race is baked into it because of Portier's casting. Mm-hmm. I think if it was Tony Curtis and Paul Newman, you could make a very similar film. And it just wouldn't be have the racial. It just wouldn't have the racial part to it. Yeah. Uh, James Baldwin mm-hmm. wrote in his uh, book, "The Devil Finds Work." Yes. He, he's uh, according to this article, he mercilessly skewers this well-meaning, the well-meaning pieties and delusions of this foundational interracial buddy gang, uh, buddy picture. Uh, the two conflict. Two convicts uh, escape from a chain gang shackled together. In spite of their mutual hatred, they rely on each other to survive a journey across the rural south. Baldwin was not wrong. There is plenty to roll your eyes at in the canned epiphanies of brotherhood that the movie offers as tokens of social concern. But there is also Mr. Portier, the ascendant, incandescent African-American star of the moment, whose wit and charisma not only transcend the material, but also render it believable here's my defiant things thing it's not in my list of top five sydney portier movies mm-hmm. like if i was going to watch a sydney portier film mm-hmm. there are so many other films i'd get to before i got to the defiant ones mm-hmm. like the defiant ones is my least favorite classic sydney portier film so you know okay. it's all right yeah. yeah, this is a very cool list. It's a very cool. It goes list. up and down. It's got a couple of documentaries in mm-hmm. it. Melvin Van Peoples is referenced for the story of a three day pass. Yes, which I have not. I have not heard of, but it is according to the New York Times. This article is said it is a disarming romantic uh, feature. Yeah, um, that stars. Oh, who's that star? It stars that it has Harry Baird, an African-American soldier stationed in France who has an affair with a young French woman, Nicole Berger, during a short leave. And their story becomes a prism for a quintessential 60s theme, the longing for liberation in the face of deeply entrenched, absurd impedience to its achievement. Yeah. I feel like I've seen that. But now that you mentioned the, the actor, I don't remember the actor. Okay. Yeah. This is based on uh, Van Peoples' novel that he wrote in while in he wrote in French. He actually wrote a, uh, a novel in the French language called La Permission. Yeah, but yeah, it's a good list. You know, folks should look it up. It's on the New York Times. You know, twenty eight black films, twenty eight days. Yeah, this is cool. <laughs> Ganja Hess shows up. Killer of sheep. I've never seen Killer Sheep. I got to see that. Um, that brings me, you know, because it, it starts with Within Our Gates from Oscar Michaud. It brings me to, we got a gift, Vince. Did we? Yes. DJ Joe Lex, uh, one of our brethren DJ on WPPMLP 106.5 Philly Cam Radio, uh, who you can hear Tuesdays 
at two with Dr. Joe's groove, he enjoys our our show. Oh, thank you. So much so that he gifted us a Harlem double feature. Um, the first movie is Herbert Jeffries in Harlem Rides the Range. All right. I do love those 20s and 30s black cowboy movies. This film by Spencer Williams Jr. speaks of tall and true in the saddle Bob Blake and his comic sidekick Dusty as they ride into trouble when the <laughs> owner of a radium mine is murdered and evidence oh, no. points to Blake. Oh, no. When the real killer reveals himself and threatens to kill the miner's beautiful daughter, oh. Blake must bust out of jail to set things straight. All right, Blake. Wow. Now, Spencer Williams Jr., who uh, wrote and co-starred in this all-black Western melodrama that also features music by the heroic Herbert Jeffrey and the Four Tones. Um, Spencer Williams Jr., is that name familiar to you, Vince? It is not. If you were a student of classic television, it would be. Because Spencer Williams Jr. would later on gain fame as Andy on TV's Amos and Andy television series. Wow. Well, how about that? Yeah. Well, thank you, Joe. We will certainly be... But there's more on this film. Oh, right, because you said it's a double CD. It's a double Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because also on this is a night watchman discovers the body of a murdered woman. Reporting it to the police, the watchman himself is accused of the crime, and so begins his nightmare, trying to clear his name and prove his innocence. In 1935, Oscar Michaud directed Murder in Harlem. Murder in Harlem. We were just talking about Murder in Harlem. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much, Joe. We will appreciate this. We will check this. Absolutely. Diggity dope. It's nice to have fans. Yeah. Friends. 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 Well, yes. Yes. Friends. Friends. They're they're friends. uh, And and missionaries. Fellow Fellow missionaries. Fellow missionaries. Much like Robert Monroe. Robert Monroe Jr. Robert Monroe, who, boy, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, look, I love Robert. Yes. But I implore some of our Michelle missionaries to get in on this Facebook group before this <laughs> qu- quickly becomes Michelle Mission, a.k.a. Robert Monroe's Purge. <laughs> because he, over the last week, has probably dropped about... 12 different posts. They are fantastic. I mean, they're great posts. They are fantastic. As only Robert could just, do. Just very informative. Very, very informative. But my God, man. Yeah. Pick out a few. Well, uh, we'll start with he actually, as we alluded to last week, but we forgot to get to. Yes. He actually watched Oscar Michaud's 10 Minutes to Live. I knew. And, and what did Robert think? Well, I'll, I'll share it with you. <laughs> I just finished watching Oscar Michaud's 10 Minutes to Live. Without a doubt, the best title for one of the worst movies <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> the most interesting part was when the woman was taking the taxi from New York City to her aunt's home in Westchester. I have always liked looking at street footage and old movies in order to get a sense of what the world looked like decades ago. But even this was marred by the horrible continuity because <laughs> although the woman got into a taxi with an enclosed roof, 
her close-ups clearly showed that she was in a car with an uncovered convertible uh, roof. Yeah. Add to this the entertainment scenes that seemed to be thrown in just to add more time, the horrible dialogue, scenes of people just sitting and looking at one another. And I have to say that if this is what Michelle was producing in 1932, he has the rare honor of being one of the few directors who actually got worse as time went mm, on. Yeah. I'd rather watch one of Ed Wood's movies oh, no. than see this ever mm. again. It's a tough movie. Yeah. It's, it's a tough movie. It's a little bit of a dirt. Robert, they all can't be winners. Yeah, man. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry. You got the whiz coming up, though. So, yeah. So, you know, there you go. There you go. He also posted, he was a posted man from The Guardian Black Panther, does the Marvel epic solve Hollywood's Africa problem? Yeah, yeah. That was a good article, an interesting article. Now, what's the crux of that article? Basically, it's that Hollywood doesn't know how to, how to, how to present Africa, you, you okay. know? And, you know, it's interesting that it parallels Zamunda. Mm-hmm. With Wakanda, Zamunda being Zamunda Kong from Kong. Coming to America right. with Wakanda, which is something we've talked about on this show. Right. You know, we did Coming to America with Simone Missick. Mm-hmm. We talked about Wakanda, and you, you know, we'll talk about this much more in, um, I guess, next week. Yes, on our Black Panther um, binge, binge lounge. lounge. I, I think one of the fascinating things about Black Panther, the character, and certainly what we see in the film, if I am not mistaken, I'm ready to say it definitively, like I'm still deep in my Black Panther research okay. for next week. I don't know if anyone African has ever written Black Panther. Actually African. Actually not African-American. Af- not African-American, African. Okay. So that Black Panther is very much this product of an American imagination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we, you, you know, we'll talk again, talk about this much more kind of how it has evolved from, you, you know, the white imagination to the black imagination. And even in the past couple of years where you have black men and black women envisioning the Black Panther differently. Right. But I, I believe it's it's all been Americans. Like everyone who has written the Black Panther, you, you know, throughout the years has been an American. And I think that is something worth talking about. And, and you know, and certainly when we talk about this, this, this article in The Guardian, I think, will be part of the conversation. This sort of, okay. again, this American envisioning of Africa. Gotcha. So. Okay. Well, go to our Facebook group, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Absolutely. See that post there so you can read that article so, so you too can be informed when you listen to next week's Binge Lounge uh, that is all Black Panther. And you can um, see where we're coming from. Yeah. In that conversation. And one last post from Robert before we get into the heart of the show. He posted a link to a new documentary by David Walker. Yeah. Matt hammered, slaughtered, and shafted. 
an insightful examination of the black exploitation film movement of the 1970s. It features interviews with key actors and filmmakers. It explores the origins of black exploitation and the controversial history of Hollywood's most misunderstood genre. And I believe that's the same David Walker of the Shaft comic book yes, the writer. series and, and you know Power Man and Iron Fist and up until recently Luke Cage, mm-hmm. Luke Cage's latest yeah. comic. So, you know, David Walker is 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 quite the um Renaissance man. I'm interested in checking that out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm very interested in checking out absolutely. that documentary. Okay, I believe I'm going to you know, because there's a lot from Robert. Yes. But um I do have to point out uh, this one post from Jamal Nuh, okay. who said, yo, do you think that the movie theater people will freak out <laughs> yes. if I showed out to the Black Panther premiere with a Maasai spear and shield combo? I don't think white people are ready for black people in the Black Panther. No, they're not. And I feel very confident saying that because I think there are some black people who aren't ready <laughs> for black people in the Black Panther. Really? Well, I'm curious. So we're going to Wakanda. We're going to Wakanda. Philadelphia's all day black yes, we are. movie celebration is happening on uh, September, February, February 17th. Yes. And uh, we're going to the screening in the morning. Yes. Right. Now, in the screening in the morning. Uh, I don't. I'll ask you. Yes. What do you plan on wearing? I'm going to. I have on. Uh, um, I have a Black Panther T-shirt that I got for Christmas. Okay. That I'll be wearing underneath probably a, a cardigan. Right. Right. But, now, now, which is cool because I get chilly. I know. Oh, it's so nice. You're gonna be in your cardigan in the movie theater. Yes. 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 Did you Did you bring a blanket too? I just just a throw. <laughs> Would have a throw. Put over my lap. Is it going to be Kinty Clark? Maybe. Maybe. Because you know, the Kinty is going to be flying. Oh, yes. Just like that. This is is what happens, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, when you're recording your house (laughs) and you have a a little boy that, because I'm not even going to pretend like that didn't bleed through on the microphone, (laughs) that he threw his truck down the steps. That's right. And you've heard him before. That truck got to learn. A truck out to learn. <laughs> so anyway, welcome to, to my house. Yes, but that's what I'm wearing. Are you wearing something special? Are you wearing some type of a garb? No, I'm pretty much just going to be wearing like a t-shirt. Right, right. I, I haven't 100% laid out on a t-shirt. Like I have right. a Black Panther t-shirt. Right. Um, I have a a t-shirt that i got from amalgam that amalgam is selling that is more black panther specific yeah um and i have you know my typical black black tribbles pioneegro shirt i don't know which one or the other one i'll be showing but for that night yes for vibranium nights yes which is going to be like the after party yes the continuation of the all-day celebration at which which will be taking place at amalgam comics and coffee yes it will which will feature friend of the show Dorian Missick, yes, indeed, as a celebrity celebrity DJ, DJ. as well as on the ones and twos, definitely. And he'll also be sitting on our star-studded panel, yes, having a talk back about Black Panther, yes. This panel to be moderated by none other than Vince Williams. It's true of the Michelle Mission. 
four vibranium knights. Yes. Do you know what you're wearing? I, I guess I got to change, huh? You don't have to. Okay, then I don't know. Had you not planned on changing? Y- yes, I had planned on changing because very there much are, so. Because he says typing furiously on his cell phone. <laughs> I have this feeling, like especially if you watch watch any of the purple carpet um, yes. proceedings yes. that were happening at the L.A. premiere yes. of Black Panther, that people are going to be stunting like no joke. Yes, sir. And while... Because our our screening is in the morning right. on that Saturday, it probably is fine for us to just be in a t-shirt and right. jeans. But for that night, we might have to night, gotta do a costume change. You got to come correct, Got man. to come to cor- correct. You got to come correct. Yes. And I'm unsure what to wear. I'm, I'm unsure as well, but whatever it is, it's got to be funky. I almost wish that I could get a suit. Yes. A nice suit. Yes. But made in Kenty cloth. A Kenty cloth suit. I would rock that. You would rock that. I, I think I'd rock that well. I'm not going to do that. You're not going to yeah. do that? No? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be jeans and. <laughs> jeans and to be determined. Yes. Fair enough. So. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to. Well. I won't be on the dais, but I will look resplendent. As, I'm, as you always do. As I always try to, Vince. I always, always try. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's enough of our feedback, but we appreciate each and every one of you Absolutely. that writes us. Absolutely. For showmission at gmail.com and hits us up and follows us, us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. At Michelle Mission or Mr. Michelle. Keep the Facebook group vibrant. Yeah, keep it vibrant. It's, 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 keep it popping. It is a joy every day. It is. It is. I, I unfortunately don't get a chance to get in there as much. Yeah, it but, is a uh, joy every day. And I miss out. Yeah. But uh, I, I like getting to get here and, and yeah. checking out everybody's things. Yeah. I read it all. Trust me, I do. And I, I feel your hate. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> Let's get into hey our review our review of episode zero of episode of zero the of the Michelle mission. There's a girl that I once knew who often had a friend or two. She gave them time, love, wit, and rhyme sublime. They would come from far away and often gather there all day to show their love and see which one would stay. But to her it mattered not, for loyalty was not her lot. Her answer was for not for them to know. There she goes on her merry way, though she's only queen for a day. Boy and girl often take this world, so you'd better mind what you say. My advice to you, my friend, is try to find what it's about, and then you take into account your role. Do not take some sugar in your mouth that may be sweet to you, but bitter in your stomach later on. What is good for you may not be good for me So different stroke for different folk Could be a real good rule There she goes
goes on her merry way, though she's only queen for a day. Boy and girl often take this world, so you better mind what you say. So, episode zero of the show mission, definition of a black film, is the episode where Vince Williams and Len Webb sat down for the very first time and introduced themselves to you, introduced you to our show, told you what our show was all about, told you what our show was going to do, laid down some ground rules. And here we are, nearly 100 episodes nearly later. Nearly 100 episodes later. And let's see, how did we do? How did we come off? Yes. Uh, and how close did we adhere to the own our own guidelines that we set for the show? Yes. I think we've stayed pretty consistent. You do. I think it's really interesting listening to the first episode. I think there's thoughtfulness there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there is seriousness mm-hmm. as far as what we're talking about. Serious conversation. Serious, Not even serious conversation, but we took this serious. Okay, okay. You, you know how sometimes you can tell people are just sort of winging it? Right. And I think as someone who's there making the sausage... I think oftentimes we sound like we're winging it, but you can see the structure. Right. Even that early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually struck by that, too. Y- you know, I think we are grappling with the same type of issues about what is and is not a black movie. I think I've changed my opinion and in, in, in sort of my focus a little bit more but so it no longer has to just be like the the key grip right 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 exactly <laughs> exactly but 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 you know i have to say I, I i really enjoyed it you know it's like it's far enough away like i have to say like when i re-listen to our episodes like i usually do like the last 10 mm-hmm. or, and then like periodically i'll do a big one right from 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 the first you know from the first hundred like you know i've you know you know if i want to laugh like I'll listen to a couple of the Tyler Perry episodes, <laughs> you, you know. I, I love. Um, I actually think the Learning Tree episode might be my favorite episode. Really, just to re-listen to. Really, so I hadn't listened to the Zero episode. Okay, and probably over a year. Okay, so it was weird. Like it was, it was like it was distant enough that I could really enjoy. It. Like I looked up, and a half hour had gone by. Without even knowing, without me even knowing, and I was I was enjoying it. So you know, I think we've we've stayed pretty consistent. Yeah, I do too. Like you said, I'm it's actually surprised at how structured the show was because I kind of remember it. Like, <laughs> did we really even know what the hell we were right, doing? Right, we were in the studio. We were just sort of talking. Yeah, but it was it actually came off pretty well and 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 thoughtful. And the one thing that got me is that. Um, you know, we were friends before that. Before yes. we sat down. Yes. But it's no secret. I think, and it, 
I'm sure it's no surprise that we've become closer friends. Yes. From getting together every week. Exactly. Okay. Yet, on that first episode, we sound like we, we do now. Right, I know. We were just straight I know. bugging I know. off of what I know. I mean, in full disclosure, we had been through a couple of trial runs true. That's by true. the time this came out. That's very true. So That's true. But I think... I think that was the first time that we recorded and it was just the two no, of it, us. No, it actually was. It was the first time and it was just me and you. Right. Because earlier um, incarnations of what would become the Michelle Mission were me, you, and two other women. Right. And for whatever reasons, those didn't work out. Right, right. You know, Being, scheduling and, you know, just... Whatever other reasons. Yes. Those didn't work out. Yes. So... It be it boiled down to the essentials of me and you, right? I shouldn't say the essentials. That sounds bad. Yes, that that, that sounds dismissive. And I, yes, I apologize for that. I said scheduling. Like let the record show that I said scheduling, and it was ready to move on. Well, we could have just moved on when I said for whatever reason. Yes, but for you, whatever you chose reason, not to. I chose not to. But yes, from the very beginning, <laughs> you could. I think you could tell that we got along. <laughs> also, made a baby boy reference in the very first episode. You made a what? A baby boy reference. You did. Like I made. <laughs> you did very early. That's on. right. From the very beginning, I knew I wanted to get sink my teeth in the baby boy. Either that, or you wanted to have me for breakfast. <laughs> you want some breakfast? <laughs> it was one or the other, but it was evident. Yeah. Even early on, even early on, the foreshadowing was there, right? I, I will say this, you, you know, it, as far as we stayed consistent, I think something that has changed since then mm-hmm. is is this. I think even in the in, in the two years that have passed black film like actual black film has become more present in popular culture like black film by black filmmakers i mean if you think when we taped this this was before get out came out yes this was before obviously you you know moonlight moonlight this is before you know the black panther coming out this is before um Atlanta, the television show, was before Easter Ray. So I think we are in a moment right now that is much blacker creatively okay. on the okay. pop culture stage when we talk about film and, you know, and I even fold the television into this. Yeah. Then right. we were in 2000, you know, 2015, early 2016, where I say that to say, I think when we started. This seemed more this this project seemed like it would have it had less I don't want to say relevance, but but I think now it, it, there's so much you can talk about mm-hmm. and and it kind of goes without saying that that you know black films and and you know sort of directed towards a black audience right and you know everybody and and other people will come to it, yeah. As opposed to you, you know, black art where where the white audience is the primary audience that is aimed for, right? You know, I think things have have changed. I think just they, in those two, just in these two years. Well, yeah, I, I think um, there. I think the presence, if you just take the presence of black media, 
Yes. Or, or it filmed media. So encompassing the television and the movies. Right. Together. I think that there have been pockets of time where there have been just as much media out there and some maybe equally as successful. I think what makes the this moment radiate so much more is that there is a wider breadth of quality in the filmmaking and in the television. Right. I think especially in the television. I mean because there's all like like I said, there's always been pockets of time where black black television has been out there. Right. But, but even at its height before, there were maybe one, maybe two things that you could highlight as being of supreme quality and then there and then the rest of and we're here too. And even that, you you know, I think I have to push back a little bit. I don't know how much how how much of those pockets that you're talking of these were black shows with actual black creators well i think there i think there were more than a few i think in the time of martin you had martin okay martin lawrence living single okay well which is the the akils who are still right you know working um, right now it, at that time i believe you still had cosby on the air right um and you know it's hard to go back and go back in my memory on on all of those on all of those shows at that time right uh there was the time of the big um wb uprising where you had the steve harvey show which w- i don't know if that had if steve harvey was the actual creator though i don't know if he was creator but he had a hand in it right and i believe there were black uh a black producer behind it I, mm-hmm. right sure just blank. yeah um so you had the Steve Harvey show. There was another show too that followed him. I can't remember. Um, but even in the time of Martin, that's the, the, the other show that I think about. Uh, it wasn't a black producer, but it was decidedly, you know, black. Oh, it was later than Martin. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting them all confused. But because um, now I'm, I'm on the CW kick and I'm seeing you trying to say all these black people look alike. Well, no, but I'm saying, Is that I'm what saying, you're saying? Uh, the times are, are, are running because uh, I'm seeing girlfriends. Yeah, but I'm remembering that girlfriends was after living single, right? You know what I mean. So that, so that, so that's when I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm getting the 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 ages jumbled up, I right? Guess. Um, even the, but but even if they were with black producers or or if they weren't with black producers, right? Right. Even if they were with black black producers. What those shows did, a great many of them, not all of them, uh, but some of them, they they um, they washed their blackness down, yeah, uh, 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 to a palatable sense, yeah, so that it it could reach out to the masses. Yes, absolutely. You know? Where as opposed to the times in which we're living in now, especially on television, this is especially true on television. Um, in the time of Atlanta and Insecure, like you said, yeah, Queen Sugar, Luke Cage. Um, I mean, people have talked about. I don't know if you've caught up or not. 
Black Panther, Black Panther, Black, Black Lightning, Lightning is real damn black. Yeah, and unapologetically, unapologetically so. black, um, blackish. Let's blackish. Definitely give it give it its claim. The Carmichael Show actually was, yeah, you know, yeah, very, it was before it, yeah, it, before it, it got canceled. He, he, he was he was there. He's like, I'm, I'm a black guy. This is a black family. We do what black people do, you right? Know, and and you're either going to accept it and relate right. to it or not. So, uh, and. So our blackness for the for the first time in a long time, especially on television, is in full bloom in front of America. Right, and and I think you get this well articulated sentiment that our primary audience is us uh, first, first primary, right? Yeah. So you know. Everybody's welcome to watch. You know, again, I think it's been a long established fact that, you know, successful black art always has a white audience. Mm -hmm. But I do think that this is a a moment where through action, deed and and mission statement. Yes. This black art is saying that the primary audience is an audience that looks like the creator. Right. And if you are not part of this primary audience, there's not going to be but so much hand-holding. Yes. And, you know, you get in where, where you fit in, basically. Right. Into that. And just to finish my thought, I, th- I think one of the things we talked about in the first episode is that that traditionally black art was only critiqued through white eyes Mm -hmm. so that we said part of what we wanted to do is kind of lend our voices to this right to this conversation right and i think even if our voices weren't being lent to this conversation there are so many creators saying these are the primary voices you need to be listening to right when you talk about critique right so so and i think um our voice for you know as small as it may be uh, comparatively with our audience because you know there's no secret there are tons of podcasts that get tons more listeners than we do for now yes for now um, but I think there's a reason why our voice has resonated so much with the audience that it has reached right? and why they have become so loyal um, to our show and and have spread the word to their friend, their friends and family is because in this world, in this, in 2017, where, you know, because 2018, 2018, wow. How about that? In 2018, where, because of technology, you are able to more readily able to produce a quality TV show slash web series and there being a way for you to get it out to the masses. Produce quality music and get it out to the masses. Feature film is still the one media through which, while yes, because of the, uh, advances in technology, it's easier for you to mo- make a movie and have it be of, you know, you know, Hollywood standard quality, let's put it that that way, quote unquote. Right. But it is still 
um, there is still a barrier that has to be um, that has to be hurdled to get your movie out to the the mass media, yes. at least on, on the big screen. Right on the big screen, you know. Um, so because that is still there, our show offering a critical eye to these works of art that have been so unappreciated over the years by our own people, right. but certainly more so by the masses. Yeah. Our show therefore becomes without truly handholding, at least reaching out a hand to the mass to the masses at large as uh Come, let me show you what you've been missing. Right. And break it down for you and and show you why this is something that we think that you will enjoy or you'll be able to pull something from. Right. You know, and I think that has been um, that is why, you know, yes, we get a lot of, you know, black people that follow us but we get just as many you know white uh, white people or people of other colors right that follow our show that listen to our recommendations that are checking out these movies for the first time looking at oscar Michaud films right looking at the films of even melvin van peoples checking out uptight um, finding ganja and hess you know going back to the movie theater to maybe uh, give Moonlight a second chance or maybe even a first chance because they thought that it wasn't for them. Right. And now realizing, hey, there is something in there for me yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the question is, since, you know, I think the other thing that is um, apparent as we go forward is that these become little time time capsules. A mm. hundred episodes from now, where are we trying to get to? Like, where are you trying to get to in a hundred episodes? Well, within the, by the first one hundred episode, we were supposed to get to the homesteader. Um, we had joked, right? Well, I don't even mean necessarily mean films. I mean, just I do, do you have a, a larger a larger vision like, of where of where we're going? Well, I mean, you know, I would love. I I like us being a podcast. Yes. Yet I would be lying if I didn't say that there's a a part of me that feels like this show would do well filmed. Oh, okay. On television. Okay. On Netflix maybe or something like that. Okay. I so like not even YouTube, you mean actually. Yeah. I okay. I, I actually think that I mean I, I like am, Turner Classic Movies, even. Oh, I would kill. There you go. There you go. My dream. I have two dreams. Okay. I have two dreams. One is to one day at least hold in my arms, if for only a second, Neil Long. Okay. Now, the one that doesn't involve Neil Long that makes everybody uncomfortable. That doesn't make it. Do you think that would make her uncomfortable? Well, it's making me uncomfortable. Okay. Tell me the other dream. My other dream would be for the two of us. The two of us. Because we're a team. We are a team. Would be for the two of us 
to be hired hired by Turner Classic Movies. Yes. To be the host for I don't know, like maybe like like the, the Michelle Mission. Like the Michelle Mission. And then we like just show a film. Like show yes. a film and you know just come in in between commercials. And give a little fact to us. Oh, we didn't even come in because com- there's no commercials on Turner Classic. Oh, right, right, right. So but we come in you, before the before film. Before and after the film. And after the film. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Day. And not necessarily Turner Classic movies, but but an outlet. Well, well That kind of shows. It would be an outlet. I yeah. mean, Turner Classic mm-hmm. movies has a certain cachet for me. So I would, yeah. I would love for it to be. I like that. I, I that's, that's a great dream. What's your dream? I think what I'm looking forward to, and, and you'll notice I've started already. Deeper conversations from podcast to podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're at the point now where we've seen enough films mm-hmm. that we can cross-reference them. Yes. And refer back to other episodes and, and kind of have this almost intra-episode conversation. Got you. Little, be, or meta, maybe. Isn't that what that be quick? I, I, mean, yeah. I mean, meta would be, you know, talking. I, I guess we're a little meta right now talking about it. Right, but I think one of the things that I've always enjoyed about our conversations on the mic and you know frankly off the mic is that we have these shared experiences, we have these shared texts that we are intimately familiar with, mm-hmm. and I think it leads to you know these kind of deeper, more resonant conversations about them. Right. Yeah. So that you know, we you, very true. So that what you have almost is this is something that I've gotten from my cousin Daryl when we talk about music on mm-hmm. It's All Soul, where he talks about a continuum of music. Like, like I'm a big believer. You know, where where like an artist has certain phases. Like I'll break Stevie Wonder up in the phases, and he is a big proponent saying that there are no phases. It's just an ongoing continuum. And I like thinking about that with us. Okay. So that, you know, almost 100 episodes into it, you know, I'm starting to think about it not as 100 separate conversations, but it's the same conversation. Right. That's been going on. And there are openings in each part of it for people to kind of come in. Oh. So that, that, you know, I listen to the um the coonskin episode okay which then led me to driving miss daisy mm-hmm. which then led me to to sleep with anger okay and you know you you kind of see how it all kind of mixes and matches and enhances each other interesting and going forward that's that's what i'm looking forward to more of that oh. you know we've seen you know x number of Wesley Snipes films. We've seen Ruby D in X number of films and mm-hmm. you can start to talk about her in in more holistically, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, that, that but also television and stuff. Television and 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 fame and all that too. You want to see that too. <laughs> I also want that. It's like at the end of um Coming to America where where Prince Hakeem says, you know, she says, you know, I could you would have given all this up for me. And he was like, yeah, yeah, if you want to, I still can. And she looks around and sees all the opulence. Mm -hmm. And then she looks at him and goes, nah. Yeah. So, yes, all of that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So 
one of our shorter goals, and I'm going to put it out there only because our Michelle missionary missionaries are um, a very you know learned bunch. They are with their own tentacles into they do the world out there. A short term dream that you had shared with me, Vince, that has been percolating in my head for the past week. Okay. Was your desire for us to write a book? Yes. I think we could do a book of essays. Yeah. I don't know if we know anybody in the publishing world. We're going to put this out there. Everybody knows anybody in the publishing world. Yeah. I would love to pitch a series of film essays that we do. Yeah. I That has been resonating in my head. Absolutely. More and more, man. Absolutely. I really like the idea of that. I think that we could do a very cool um, book. And it's not that we we – aren't writers yes you know? yeah 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 we we've written uh uh i've written a lot we're a lot you yeah. know a, a great deal and not just for work or anything like that yeah, yeah. i you know we've all we've i don't i guess we have you been paid to write something i was paid to write for over for the, for, that's right yeah. for, for the newspaper yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I i wrote for for a documentary series yeah, so so, so we've, we've got some bona fides yes yes you know, our fods are bonus. So yeah, I think a, a book of essays would be fantastic as well. Okay, this is a dumb, dumb question. Okay, but maybe you know the answer. What does bona fides mean? I mean, I think it just means that you're your fods are bona. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know the literal definition uh, of see, it. I, I, it just I, means you know your your qualifications. You know your bona fides. Right. I. I yeah. My Latin is rusty. Mine is non-existent. Yeah. So, I wouldn't know. Um, it's like Bona. It's probably from... It's like good. Yeah. That sounds right. right and and it, it's, Fide. Is that what it is? Is that fide? like works? Like maybe it's good works. You your know, good your, works. Your good works or your good proof or, you know. Like your I said, works. my Latin is very rusty. So, so you could say if fit is uh, Bona Fides. So, Fides... Well, bona fides. Yeah. But I guess it actually in Latin is pronounced fides. Oh, I don't know. Like okay. I said, I'm so going to keep. Fides. Yeah, I'm just talking so about it. So if fides is good works, then you could order a hoagie with fides. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's a long way to a dumb joke. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I was pleasantly surprised by how consistent we've been. So was I. But I think um, part of that is we continually revisit our mission statement of two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Wow. I hate that you said that because that is a perfect point for us to go out on. But I've got one more thing I have to ask you. Okay. I have a friend. He's a comedian. Keith from Up the Block. Okay. He's, I'm trying to work his schedule so I can get him in, here on our show. Okay. He has a uh, school of thought in regards to what is a black film. Yes. And I want to run by you. Okay. Because, you know, the talk is that Black Panther yes. is going to open possibly to $140, 150000000 million yes. that weekend. Possibly shattering the record. Yeah, because I think they're underestimating under, it, quite yeah. honestly. Which someone had remarked on... Um, someplace on social media that black panther is therefore primed to be the highest grossing black movie of all time yes keith 
took umbrage with that. Okay. Because he doesn't believe that Black Panther is, in fact, a black movie. Okay. Reason being is despite the cast being predominantly black or people of color, Mm -hmm. the actual producers behind the film, the money behind the film, is Disney. Okay. And therefore a white company. Right. So in his in his mind, to for a movie to actually be considered a black film, right? You have to go back to the ownership. So what's his very, very, very small list of black films then? Well, I didn't question. even ask him what's it what his small list is but you know you have to you have to think like the early works of spike lee spike spike lee was was always a producer but he was always on paramount yes but paramount more or less was the distributor i mean while they were the money it was still it was decidedly a spike lee joint he was getting the producers putting the whole package together okay and things and things of that nature you know he he was the producer on that okay Um, as opposed to say the color purple, I don't think there's a person alive that will say this is not a black film, but he would, Keith would say that it's not a black film because it was directed and produced by Steven Spielberg. Right. So we just going to go, I mean, if we're going to say black Panther isn't a black film, you really do have to go to the level of producer because screenwriters, directors, like, like, Everything is black until you get to that level of production. Well, I don't. I know. You know, if we're talking about Black Panther, Ryan Coogler is the director. Yes. Um, I'm. 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 I don't know who wrote the film. Right. So pretty sure they're black. They may or at not least they were. I mean, so I mean, but how many black people are like? At what point are we just sort of splitting hairs? Well, let me ask you. It sounds like, if I'm reading between the tea leaves, that you may not necessarily agree with his definition of a black film. I think I think questions of ownership are always good conversations to have. Mm-hmm. Always. Right. I think obviously you know, Black Panther is, is a weird case because it's part of the Marvel Universe. And, you, you know, so it's it's like this pre-existing um, character and this, that, and the other. I think these sort of murmurs that you're starting to hear, you, you know, not quite to the level of backlash, mm-hmm. I would say, about Black Panther. I think it's always people who are, you know, and I don't know Keith. But but are just sort of you, you know just just sort of curmudgeonly, curmudgeonly almost really like like just sort of you're right uh, I'm sorry just to, I mean to cut you off but the writers of Black Panther are Ryan Coogler yeah and Joe Robert Cole who uh, was a writer and producer on um, uh, American Crime Story right like I think Ryan Coogler was very vocal about black participation mm-hmm. in this on all levels before he would sign okay. on to it. And, you know, I think there are some things that transcend 
And I think Black Panther has gotten to this point where it has transcended and become a cultural event. And, you know, you begin to hear these voices of people that just like, like just want to rain. Like they're just parade rainers. Okay. Like, and so my, you know, again, that's why my follow up question is, well, then what is a black film? And and then, you know, you can say Spike Lee, but it doesn't take much to pull on that Spike Lee string and say that, you, you know, not like, all his films of Spike Lee are black. Films. Right. And then right. he was a producer. Mm. Like you look at the producers, it's always a bunch of producers. Nah, yeah. Like, I don't know what is a black film, frankly. If if you start talking about producers, like that's just I mean, we just talked about it fifteen minutes ago when you talked about the gatekeeping right. that occurs, you know, to get you to the theater. Mm-hmm. I don't know what films are black films. And then, you know, so you I mean, where do you go from there? Like, is hip hop black music then? Like if you want to talk about the money. Oh, okay. You know, the money. And who's you you know, who's in control of the money. And I think again, these are conversations to be had but i think they need to be had honestly right you know just not just because you know you trying to be you know ornery and 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 again rain on people's parades and you know it's too many black people enjoying it so let me go ahead and and be um opposite well i don't think that that's i mean like you said you don't know keith right i don't think that's his his deal but um I can certainly see where, you know, like Black Panther, not knowing the source, right? Coming off, like like Black Panther has caused so much joy that you know, just let people do their thing. Oh, I'm, he's going to be there, right? He, you'll meet him because he actually is going to be at Wakanda. Okay, all right. So you'll definitely meet him, and we'll have this conversation with him. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, I think it's a black movie. Oh, so do I. I think it's blacker than most movies. Again, once you start talking about... It's blacker than Action Jackson. I think it's blacker than Action Jackson. When you talk about the involvement on all levels, yes. you know, I think it's real black. Yeah. So. All right. Um, Anything else we need to talk about? No, 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 no. So we'll just keep this conversation going. We'll keep this conversation going. Keep this conversation going. It's probably good to end on Black Panther. Because uh, coming up next week, the Binge Lounge returns, ladies and gentlemen, and it'll be all Black Panther, the history of Black Panther. Um, we'll dissect the movie. We'll say what we give our thoughts or what we want to see in the movie. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And that's going to be next week. And we're going to be recording that on Tuesday, the 13th. That'll be dope. That'll be dope. I'm looking forward to that. All right. That'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right. And then after that. Easing on down to 100. Easing on down to 100. Episode 100 where Vince, me, Charmel, Scipio, and Jordan Golding review The Wiz. Yes, The Wiz. The Wiz. I cannot wait. That's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. Oh, noted reporter and social butterfly here in Philadelphia. Um, ladies and gentlemen, look her up. You can Google this name. Denise James. She has planted her flag on the film that she wants to review on the Michelle mission. And that would be? The Color Purple. All right. So 
That, so if we were saving that for episode 150 or something, mm-hmm. it is it has been taken off the board. All right. So the color purple is going to be coming uh, up soon. Um, we've got March is going to be the Women of Word Radio. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. We're going to April. We're going to sit down with my twin sister and review a film. Wow. Uh, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. And we're actually going to see if we can't get a couple of guys to sit in with us and have a couple of guys. <laughs> yeah, you know. It'd be cool if when we do Fire the Hard Way, we got five guys in here. Oh, <laughs> That's right. That'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and we got some big news coming your way in a couple of weeks, ladies and gentlemen. We've been like dropping little hints about a certain uh move we're going to be making. Um, we just finalized some things o- over the past week, and boy, we can't wait. Oh boy, we cannot wait to drop this on you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and this is going to be big, mean big things for the Michelle mission. That's right, and we really hope you enjoy. You enjoy it uh, and stay with us. Thank you so much to each and every one of you. We appreciate it so much uh, for taking this ride with us. Um, all of your feedback, all of your questions, your emails, uh, whether or not you're picking us apart uh, or, or propping us up is so very much appreciated. It is the wind beneath our wings. You just do not know how much so. And to all of the people that have sat down in, in our third chair with us, uh, we appreciate each and every one of you for uh, helping us on this trip. And we hope to get each and every one of you back on the show many 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 more times absolutely because we've got a whole lot of more movies to review all right all right until then he's vince i'm len in parting we say we will see you when it's time to meet again It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.